Hey, welcome back into the Local 636 Podcast, your resource for interesting people, places, and things in St. Charles. Today, I sit down with Dan Tripp of Good News Brewery. Before I get to Dan, I've got some other good news to share with you. See what I did there? Local 636 presents Emery, Songs and Stories. Emery? Yeah, Emery, the band you listened to in the early 2000s. Emery? The post-hardcore screamo band? Yep, that's them. Emery will be playing an acoustic songs and story set at La Belle Vie in Frenchtown on December 9th. Doors are at 6 o'clock and the show starts at 6.30. This is just another awesome event for Frenchtown and hopefully a building block for more stuff to come like this. The ticket link is in the podcast notes. And next week, Devin Shelton, one of the vocalists for Emery, will join me on this podcast. Cool. So the first thing I wanted to know was um, just tell me your story. And I guess let me narrow that down for you because I think I want to talk about a couple things with you. You're a very um, passionate person. Interesting. Um, you've got at least two jobs. Do you have more? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I have five kids. You count, so yeah. That, count being a dad and yeah. husband. The reason I asked you here was the thing that everyone knows you for, which is being the good news brewery guy. Yeah. I don't know what your title is, but I guess that's what it is. Good news brewery it, guy. Yeah. yeah. How'd you get started with that? I mean, I've heard the story and I think some people have, but give me the highlights. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess of course it starts with home brewing beer. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's what got me into, into it. Uh, I remember my very first beer that wasn't, uh, Bud Light. I was at, <laughs> um, I was at, I was visiting my uncle and we were at an Oilers game and he gave me a beer and a barbecue sandwich. Houston or Edmonton? Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore game out there. Orioles. Orioles, yeah. I thought you said Oilers. I'm sorry. We were at a Baltimore game and um, I had this beer and it was reddish amber and I looked at it and I was like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I drank it and it was like the... the the gods, the sun and oh, the man. moon just opened up and a yeah. light shone down on me. And, All new flavors. Um, and I was like, what is this? And so Samuel Adams, like, how? I, I've, it just changed my life. Yeah. What uh, year was that? Uh, 2000. Okay. Yeah. It was right around 2000, the summer of 2000. And I spent the summer out on the East Coast and I was drinking all these new beers that I've never had before. And I came back to St. Louis and I was like, I've got to get this Sam Adams and was inching. Cause that was right when Sam Adams was, was really starting to get out in the market. And so yeah. I could get it on clearance at, okay. <laughs> no one was buying it. No one was buying it. So we're buying our get, Bud Light and Natty yeah, Light. I, remember and... I could get a, I could get a, a, a 12 pack on clearance because no one was drinking it. And then all of a sudden it started to pick up yeah. and, and, and get more expensive. I, um, I was going to say that's, it seems like that's right around the time that, and not even that you would you would not even justify or classify that as craft beer anymore right. but at the time sure it definitely was oh, it and, definitely was and my first one was a blue moon mm-hmm. which is also you wouldn't consider craft beer but i mean same kind of experience it just was like whoa what is this yeah this they, they, they've definitely they've commercialized the craft beer and thank goodness for them because that's what's paved the way for for us yeah uh you know Prior to 2000, it's very difficult for a brewery to compete and open. They just get swallowed up by, you know, by the big guys. Yeah. Um, so once I started, you know, learning about that, I just started learning about new beers and her, uh, you know, I, I, I got a Mr. Beer kit for okay. Christmas one year and uh, uh, made the beer, let it sit in the basement and forgot about it. For oh, about, no. You know, a year or so. And after there was 
fungus growing on and I threw that away. And um, then I was listening to a commercial about a local homebrew supply store and went and checked it out and um, bought a kit, got my, my, my got some buddies over yeah. and we were, uh, we were, we were brewing beer and um, it, it had one batch that was okay, but most of them were not very good at all. Sure. Um, learned that there's like this whole group of people who are doing this as a club. Okay. There's a garage brewer society and they would meet once a week. And so I would uh, go there and I would drink some of their beer. And I was just amazed that people at home could make such high quality beer. Yeah. And I was inspired. I was like, if these guys can do it, you know, I, I can do it too. And I always had just in the back of my mind that I'm going to open a brewery. I'm not just going to start brewing beer. I want yeah. to someday when I retire from teaching, I was going to hope I was going to retire from teaching and open a brewery and that would have pizza. And that was kind of my, <laughs> um, that was my, just a dream. It sounds like, I yeah, it sounds like a, every, I don't know how old you were at the time, but I'm thinking back to when I was in that, I, I think I'm a little bit younger than you, but in that two thousands range, early two thousands, I mean, who's, who's, who doesn't have that dream, right? I want to open a brewery that serves pizza. Yep. And the other thing I think that's cool about that is this was before social media. Oh yeah. So when you say there was a group of homebrewers, like you had to go to the homebrewing supply, talk to the guy, find out that there was this group, go physically meet them, you know, and, and talk about that in person, which yep. is cool. Yeah. Harkens back to like a, a better time almost. Yeah, absolutely. It was just a, it was a network and it was a community of people. And I think that kind of, that's part of the story is that it was a community of people that, um, I wasn't a part of, I was very involved with my church and that was like my community. That was my bubble. Um, I was very involved in my schools. And so those were, that was a bubble of people. And so I only had these two groups of, of, of people, but now getting into this new, um, community, um, was just a was was an eye opener for me that people can gather around one one topic. Have you um, always had that entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, you mentioned you were a teacher, but this this dream of I want to open my own place. I don't want to just brew it. I want to open my own place, and then you know, obviously, that's led to some other things which we'll get into. Yeah, I would say I've always had that spirit. Um, I was going on mission trips to Honduras, and uh, every summer that was my um, that's what I did. I was I was a teacher and I was a missionary. And every summer to go on these trips, it would cost, you know, $1,500, right. $2,000. And I had to raise that, that money. And I remember we would be at the family arena. We would be serving in the concession stands. And I, I had, you know, four or five kids at this time. And mm -hmm. I'm working all night long and I'd leave with $37.50. That's what we made Towards for, your trip. for working. Yeah. I was like, this, the, the time on investment isn't working out here. I yeah. need to do something different. Um, and I had a wild idea to buy a SLR camera and learn photography. It's going to start taking pictures okay. of, of kids playing uh, basketball on their church basketball league. And I was going to sell right. pictures in the lobby and that was going to raise money for my trips. And sure. I did that. And then, um, then someone asked me to, um, take their family photos. And then okay. someone asked me to do their engagement pictures. And then all of a sudden someone asked me to do wedding photos and I became a wedding photographer. Oh, wow. And, uh, I did that for a good stretch of time. I've heard you um, talk several times. I've never heard this portion of the yeah, story. Yeah. It's uh, so that was definitely part of that entrepreneur just journey of, yeah. of, of kind of learning a business, learn, learning some of the marketing it really just, again, this was before social media. So it was almost all word of mouth. And, uh, I, I grew to a pretty big, you know, 
uh, I was pretty successful at yeah. it. Uh, I just lost my passion. And I wasn't in it. I was in it probably for the money, not for the real reason of wedding photography. Um, so my dream, my passion was to be a high school, or sorry, not a high school, to be a, a, an administrator at, a, at an elementary school or a middle school. That was really my dream. Was okay. to, so that was getting me through a period of time because what I really wanted to do was be a principal. And but you discovered Sam Adams, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the right. rest is history. Let's yeah. let's uh, let's go back to that. How did it get from the we're hanging out with buddies, we're brewing to let's actually open a physical store, a physical restaurant? So I I, I finally got my goal, on, and and or the first step of my goal, I became an assistant principal. All while I was still home brewing and just mastering my craft of brewing. Um, at the same time, uh, I was very involved with my church and my Matt, uh, my business partner. Now he joined my Bible study. And one day I asked him to, Hey, you want to check out my, my brew system in the basement? I, I brew beer. And cause he, I knew that he was brewing beer also. And, okay. and I knew that he was just brewing on his stove. So I wanted to show off my <laughs> you know, electric system in the basement that yeah. I put together. Uh, you, you literally just had, you had to plug it in and okay. unplug it to make it come on and off. So like there was no, there was no switch. There yeah. was no electronic, <laughs> but it was better than the stove. It was definitely better than the stove. Cause I could brew in the basement. Uh, so I took him down there and he was like, okay, all right. And then he, he left that day. He was like, all right, if this guy can do it. I can do it much better. And he's a mechanic by okay. trade. So he did it way better than I did. He got all these stainless steel parts and fabricated all the stuff together, built this electronic control panel. So. <laughs> All of a sudden, just a one up, one upping each other was so much better than mine that I just stopped brewing in my basement. And so I started brewing in his basement. Ah, Okay. And that's when he met um, Josh, who was our first uh, head brewer. Uh, They were started brewing together. So all three of us just started brewing beer beer together and we just got hooked and we just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, we were doing a Bible study with our our small group called Flesh. Um, It's a book by. A guy named Hugh Halter. He's a pastor. Now is in Alton, Illinois. And the whole premise of the, of the book was that Jesus took on flesh and blood. That he was human. He was tangible. He was he was the life of the party. He was um, he hung out with you know uh, he was called a drunkard, tax collectors, uh, prostitutes. With, you know yeah. he was a friend of sinners and tax collectors yeah. because he hung out with those people. And uh, the premise of the book was just stop inviting people to church and just form community. Just get people to just gather hang out. Yeah. and hang out. And um, the, the the author of the book had a, a pub, an Irish pub in his house, and he would just invite people to hang out. And so we thought, what are our talents that we can use to just get people to gather? And so we thought brewing. And we, Matt and I both had this dream of opening up our own brewery someday. So we decided to upgrade to a one barrel system. So in the brewing world, you brew in barrels. At home brewers, you brew in gallons. So right. a barrel is about 30-ish, you know, something gallons of beer. And so we thought if we can convert our recipes, if we can figure out our recipes on the one barrel system, then we can upgrade later to a seven or 10 or 30 or whatever we want. But okay. we got, you have to know how to do barrel batches. One. So we, we built a, a barrel system and, um, and uh, started having these homebrew parties. So once a month, we invited our Bible study, our friends and family and whoever else just wanted to hang out with us and and brew beer. And were you brewing a different style every time? Absolutely. You, oh, okay. Yeah. We had we brew we were brewing hundreds of beer because we weren't just brewing once a month. That was just when we gathered. We 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 were probably brewing once a week. In a different style. So you're you're kind of doing you're kind of getting the market research in there, right? Absolutely. What do people like? What do they not like? Does it need to you're getting critiques, I I assume and 
Yeah, that's it's we one of our, our ideas of the one barrel system was there was only three of us brewing, and so uh, we thought your tanks usually come in. Uh, the homebrewers do um, soda kegs; they they used keg their beers, and so those are in five gallons. So we were doing five gallon soda kegs every time, but we were getting thirty barrels of beer, so there are thirty gallons. So we had three extra kegs every time we were brewing. So we were nice. giving those away to other people. But the idea was that we would take that beer. You're giving to, away a keg, like a whole keg, or yeah, just yeah, okay. We would, we would give it to friends who you know who were who were interested in brewing. And, sure. Um, we would take that beer to different festivals. That and uh, fundraisers was really the the goal that we would do is to kind of giving back. It's that missionary mindset of sure things. So we took our beer to um, the Habitat for Humanity was doing a beer festival, and it was a contest. And our Belgian white. Uh, one third place in, on the People's Choice. That's Award a great there. beer. Yeah, that's our number one seller right now. Uh, we took another beer, our Pale Ale, to the Library Foundation. There was a fundraiser, and we had to name it a beer. And someone it had to have, have it had to have some kind of name that was connected to a book. And someone drank it and said, "This is the perfect storm." And so I was going to say, I thought it was weather related, how, but okay. Now it's completely related to the book. Some lady at the library named it, and it stuck. And so that's that was our beer that that we did at home our brown ale which is called dirty laundry brown ale. that's because we're next to a laundromat uh, that's another one that's one of our best sellers that is a um we take it at the one of our best distribution beers so all of our house beers are the beers that we invented in our basement the uh pale ale is my wife's favorite and the belgian white is my favorite unless you count and i'm gonna i'm gonna slaughter this but there was like a chipotle lime it was in defiance. Yeah, it, we're always throwing something. <laughs> oh, it was so good. And it was like a hot day. And we were doing the things you do in defiance, you know, running, biking. Yep. And oh, God, that hit the spot. So I, every time I'm down there, I'm like, is that back? And I realize it's probably just a one-time thing. Yeah. But we like to do the one-time things. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. I mean, if you're, if you're just doing, we're not just trying to be a production facility. And so we like to to make that. And that's Matt. Matt's behind all the recipes. He's the He's the recipe guy. Um, he comes up in wild, crazy ideas and I usually think they're really bad and they turn out to be awesome. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, you know, in early 2000, we would have pictured, let's put some Chipotle in this beer. Yep. Let's make a, a hot chocolate, uh, Mexican chocolate beer. Uh, but I think that's the cool thing about doing, being a local brewer is you can, you can make, I want to say mistakes, but not mistakes. But I mean, if you do, it's not a big deal, right? Oh yeah. We do it all the time. Yeah. We'll make a mistake and then just say, Oh, maybe we just need to change the name of that. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes more like this. It tastes, and that happens all the time. That's it, awesome. People, people don't realize that, but, um, you know, there, there's something that turned a little darker than it was supposed to. Now it's a Brown. <laughs> I was going to, so one of my questions was, what are your best sellers? So you, you hit that. What's your, is there I've never brewed a beer. Is there one that's more fun to brew or is it all kind of the same and it's just the process? Um, I mean, I think the, the hoppier the beer, there's more steps to it. Okay. Making a stout is pretty easy. Um, you know, more steps equals more fun, more interesting for you. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's the and, easiest and adding additives? I mean, a stout's probably one of the easiest. Oh, stout's ones. easiest. Yeah. It's dark range. You put, you, you put the hops in there one time and then you let it sit and it's, it's very forgiving. Most most home okay. brewers, if they're going to start brewing beer, I would, I'd recommend doing starting out with stouts. Uh, and that's the, because of the strong flavor. The strong or? flavors okay. will, will mask some of your off flavors. Interesting. Okay. And then I, what I like, I do like stouts, and I like when there's variations like the peanut butter or the. Yep. Those are fun. Yeah. Those are some of the mistakes I'm sure where 
you're adding something in uh, like that. Our uh, so our vanilla summer stout is was a big mistake. Um, well, summer Matt, and stout don't normally go right. together, right? So we were home brewing, and uh, Matt decided to change the control panel to Celsius so he could be a little more precise. Okay. On 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 the boil and the and the mashing and uh, all of that. Well, we were I guess drinking a little too much, and we didn't we forgot that it was Celsius. Okay. And, <laughs> So we ended up mashing a little too high. Um, so that means, you know, the, 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 all the grains were sitting in this pot and there's they're only supposed to sit around, you know, like 150 degrees and it was, okay. it was cranked up in the high, you know, almost 160. And so it sure. was creating these unfermentable sugars. It was creating more sugars that can't ferment. Um, and we forgot to add, um, we forgot to add the lactose cause it was supposed to, it was supposed to be just this vanilla milk stout, this big, heavy, rich you okay. know like nine percent stout um but we created all these unfermentable sugars we forgot to add uh some of the lactose and or we forgot to add some other stuff and when we brewed it we're like oh this is going to be so bad well let's just let it sit and try it and see what happens and then we drank it and it was it, it was it had just a light hint of vanilla it was light and crisp but it still had a little bit of a Stoutness to it. We're like, okay. this would be perfect for summer. Interesting. So there we go. Vanilla summer stout. And is that something that's still available? Or yep. was that a one? Yes. Oh, wow. So, so now we brew that beer uh, and follow the process of, of the mistakes that we made. Oh, that's incredible. To, we have we have tweaked the recipe a little bit to kind of make it resemble the same beer. But yeah, that, that came from a mistake. You know what Bob Ross would call that? No. A happy little accident. Now, little have you ever gone back and tried to make it the quote unquote correct way? Was no, that, it that crossed your mind? No, no, because it would actually call, it would cost more money because okay. you have more grains and just wouldn't make sense. That's amazing. I, I love the flexibility and that speaks to such the entrepreneurial mindset to just be like, hey, this works. Let's do it. Yep. Um, how so you mentioned a little bit about your faith and the Bible study, and I think um maybe people can infer that that's what good news means, um, which is a cool part of the story. Um, was there any dissension in naming it that were you uh considering anything else or was that it so we were um we went to our homebrew supply store one day and asked them uh, about renting some space next to them they kind of we just kind of got this hunch that we were when we got to this point we're like let's do something let's yeah. let's let's take this to the next level it's, it's fun brewing at home but we're we're getting pretty good um our our goal was to find a little space a little retail space and to brew beer and to sell it to local bars okay. and restaurants we thought that would be the coolest thing if we could just have our own beer at a restaurant or bar down the street yeah um we would take our we became friends with different you know owners of craft beer bars sure and we would give them samples and they said yeah if you guys were selling this i'd, I'd put this on tap and so we were like okay let's make this happen this would be just so fun this would just pay for our, our hobby um you know we're already brewing once a month or once a week anyway let's just let's just do it and so we went to our homebrew supply store and um at, there was a little retail space next to them and asked them hey what would it cost to possibly rent that out i think it makes sense we're right next to you guys and they said well we just extended our lease to open that space up too. And we're, we have our new brewing license here. So we're going to start brewing beer here, hmm. but we can't brew enough. Would you guys want to brew beer here with us? And at first it was like, wow, how does, uh, 
how does that even happen? Like, what's, yeah. the, what's the legality of that? And they said, well, you just need to, it's just, it would be just a collaboration. So you would just need to come up with a, a you know, make it form an LLC, come up with a name and start brewing here. And then we'll just pay you to brew. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So went home and Googled what's an LLC. And uh, <laughs> Matt and I sat in the basement and we're drinking beer and we formed an LLC. And then, but we had to come up with a name. And so that was going back and forth. We, we wanted to be called the the uh, basement brewers that was going to be our name thank god that name was taken because that's a horrible name for a brew basement brewers yeah that, i don't i don't know that that's appealing to like walk into a right it sounds cool yeah but once yeah when you think about it it, it just wouldn't have that brand recognition and that name i don't think yeah that, that llc was taken yeah okay yeah, that llc was taken so so okay, good news so, that it was taken right so so yeah, <laughs> good news so we were going back and forth with names and um we wanted something that, you know, we wanted to be this out of the box um, style of brewery. We wanted to be known for like having, we wanted to be known for like having a few beers that everyone could like, but then these other beers that are just off the wall. Okay. So we were like off the wall brewing. Is it, you know, all, all these things. And I remember Matt's, you did some word and I, I never heard the word before. And I, I Googled it and it said something about like something, something, something bad news. I'm like, you, that's a horrible name yeah. for it. And then Josh was at uh, the hospital, and he was having some uh, complications with uh, his with with his unborn child, and said something like, "I could use some good news." Okay. And that hit. It Boom. was just it. I remember where I was, the exact place yeah. that I was when when I got that text, and just the hair on the back of my neck just stood up because that's what we were about. And when we were when I was doing missionary work. And people would always ask, like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, what, what can I can I donate to this? Can I give to this? Yeah. And my answer was just no, we're just here to share good news. That's it. There's that's it. And for that reason, I think you you kind of just blew my mind because I just assumed that maybe that, that wasn't the name from the beginning, but that you had this thing of like, we want it to be incorporated with the gospel, with our faith. Let's call it good news. Um, not the case, but it fit. It works. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh and in my discussion, it's uh, it's great when people who have been sitting there for a, they've been they've been customers for a while and they just they they enjoy what we're doing. And then finally, they ask, like, how did you get the name? And I tell them, they're like, oh, oh yeah, that's what it means. Because <laughs> I mean, our slogan is everyone loves good news. Sure. Because everyone, everyone does. Good, yeah. Good news. Now, had it been basement brewers, would would you have uh, incorporated your faith and your mission into the brewery? Yeah. We okay. Would've. Yeah. That was, that was part of the, that was the that, business. That was the model. That's the, yeah. That yeah. was the model. That was the, that was the foundation on what we started. So, cool. Yeah. We would have. So it just helps to have the name to go along Absolutely. with it. Very cool. Okay. So you've got the name, you know what you're doing. You're in this space brewing. How did that turn into your own place? And then kind of, if we can do this as two separate things, but kind of why St. Charles? I don't know if you lived sure. in St. Charles yeah. or lived at the time or. Absolutely. So we had the name, we had the logo, we have a website. We are, uh, we did our first like campaign. We did a Kickstarter campaign okay. to, to raise money. Cool. Um, Cause our goal was to still just raise money to just keep brewing beer and selling it to restaurant and bars. That was still our goal. Um, after we did a few batches, um, I think what happened was, my work, so I, I, I was I was in this role of being 
uh, an assistant principal. All right. I got my my first step of my dream job was to be a principal. I was an assistant principal, and I hated it. It was okay. just <laughs> no. not for me. Yeah. Um, I, I finally kind of I got good at it. I really started to learn about myself and my management, and um, but I I was at this crossroads, and I had to make a decision. Do I want to go this route of being a school administrator mm-hmm. and being that? Am I going to devote my life to a school and other students and, and yeah. other parents, or am I going to take? Am I going to follow my own dreams? Yeah, it really came down to that. And was that tough, or was uh, it? Yeah, it was. It. I mean, it helped that. Um, it helped that the school was going through a transition. It was. It was very interesting because my job, the, I would change roles. It changed from intern administrative intern to assistant principal so Mm -hmm. i had to reapply for the position okay and so that forced me to say you know what this is the direction i'm going to go um and so we just made the decision that we're we're doing this yeah and we're going to make this happen um i remember sitting down with my you know my business partners and said guys i've I've lost my job so i'm not into administration anymore i don't know what's going to happen next year um my, my role has been changed. I'm going to get placed somewhere as teaching. I have no idea where that is. We're opening this brewery because this is now, this is my future. This is plan A yep. and there's not really a plan B there. Yeah. And, and that, and that created some, uh, some challenges with us and our, our business structure because it was plan A and it was, I'm going to do whatever it takes yeah. to make this happen. We yeah. have full steam ahead. Um, so then it was, we need to find a space and, um, we were in the O'Fallon area. It's where, where Matt lives and we were brewing there. And uh, it was very interesting that that year. So this was 2016, end of 2016. Okay. And um, uh, Two Plumbers was opening up. Third Wheel was opening up. Friendship mm-hmm. just opened up a few years before then. Um, and so there was, in one year, three breweries opened up in St. Charles. And that... Um, we, you know, we were part of that. And so we knew where the other breweries are. We know, we know the industry and we know there's, there's downtown St. Charles, there's St. Peter's, there's Wentzville. Well, O'Fallon is nothing's in O'Fallon. Yeah. O'Fallon Brewery moved out of O'Fallon and now is in Maryland Heights. Right. Um, O'Fallon's one of the largest densely populated sure. areas in St. Charles County. And so you saw, sorry, you saw the other breweries opening as a good thing. Absolutely. Like St. Charles county is ready for this we're getting in on this i think a lot of people and maybe these people aren't uh don't have that mindset would see that maybe as a bad thing sure but i like that hey there's other ones opening up in you know there's one in the city with two plumbers and then one in i guess third wheel is technically in saint charles but it's kind of that saint peter's saint charles line Mm -hmm. um friendship is where friendship is winsville so you're literally you're just you fit right in there right in o'fallon yeah very cool. So we were looking on the south end of O'Fallon. So, okay. you know, closer to the highway, um, something over there, but it's all new commercial development. So we would call up some of these places and say, hey, this is mm-hmm. good news brewing. And we're opening a first, uh, you know, brew pub, a wood fire pizza yeah. there. Let's talk with someone and no one would call me back. Sure. Um, most people I talked to weren't interested in having another bar on their, on their strip. And so we were just turned down left and right. And so then we decided... And it, it was a very, just, it wasn't a very fun process just talking with these people and their costs and their triple net fees yeah. and all of these things. And, um, that's all you're getting into serious, like from going to brewing is this is something I love to do. This is something I want to do now to yeah. getting into leases and 
yep. insurance and taxes exactly. and exactly and and all of that required money which we yep. had we had no money at right all. so we went up to the the north side of O'Fallon and um was just i think i was i was at rendezvous cafe and we were sitting out there i was drinking a beer and looked across the street and there was a sign that says for rent by owner i was like well it's like actual real people that own buildings yeah. around here that rent and so i started making phone calls and then they everyone up there knew everyone and so hey you should call this person you should call this person and we were looking at the old uh, old fallon plaza there was a, a hot shots that used to be in that area and um the, the the price was right and uh, we brought in the city and told them what we were going to do and they said well you'll need a sprinkler system in this place because oh, yeah. it's so big mm-hmm. it's going to be eighty five thousand dollars and the risk was just nah it wasn't going to work out um so then he recommended hey there's this you know kevin and tammy they uh they just bought a laundromat up the street and they have a little office that's for they're, they're going to want to rent that out you should go check it out that's where that story ends because of some technical difficulties we had over here. Um, that was one of the first podcasts I recorded and I had my recorder plugged into my computer. When my computer went to sleep, I'd actually turn the recorder off and cut off that whole story. I thought I had lost the whole interview, but luckily we got most of it. That story ends with Dan actually and good news buying the building that they were talking about. And that's their location now in O'Fallon. So hope you enjoyed it. Uh, sorry for the difficulties there. But that was the end of the interview anyway. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow the podcast so you get all the episodes as soon as they come out. Next week, my guest on the podcast is going to be Devin Shelton from Emory, and we're going to talk about the big show and what you can expect. 